Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Yeah. <laughs> conversation. I could tell you a good story, but I'll just leave it. Right I'd rather listen to that than what we're going to talk about. Well, yeah. that's only no. because you don't like the fact that you're liking what's going on here. So you need a distraction. I have a whole bunch of likes. I can tell you all my likes. I like that episode. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that was really surprisingly good. In fact, it's so good. This episode was so good. I'm a little concerned. I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. I'm Mindy. I'm Curtis. And this is uh, Zompocalypse Now. Yes. We are talking about the third season of Fear of the Walking Dead, which is disturbingly good. So far. And I'm confused, and I don't like how it makes me feel. It's gotten them all drinking soda here. It's because there isn't enough alcohol in the house. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I remember before last week, the last time I was over, I finished all of Dustin's booze. Yeah, I got a little sauce. Next week, you need to bring us more. Yeah, because <laughs> it looks like maybe we're going to return to form next week. Let's yeah. talk about how cool this episode was. Uh, it yeah. was all in Spanish, which is I was like two lines of English in the entire episode. Right, which I found very brave for a uh, for an American television show to do an episode completely in Spanish with only Spanish speaking actors. The only line, there were like two lines of dialogue. It's the one time that Strand talks to Daniel mm-hmm. and where Strand proves that as slick and as polished as he is, he's a bloody idiot. Yes. That he, was the dumbest freaking lie. Oh, which God. one? He was so dumb. The one in English. Where he basically told, he basically told uh, uh, Daniel that Ophelia was waiting for him at the hotel. All he had to do was to tell him the truth. Yeah. And he could have, and Daniel would have gotten him out of this. What, what's the truth? The truth, okay. Okay. So, the truth is everything up to him saying she was still there. They got out of the compound fine. They found their way to the hotel. They thought Daniel was dead. They thought Daniel was dead. And he said all of that. Mm-hmm. And then he said then he said that she is, was still there and she was waiting on them, which she was not. She decided since her whole family was dead that she didn't want to stay with these crazy white people anymore. And... So she stole a truck and she left the hotel. And she was going to go back to the States. She was going to go, yeah, see what she could find. I'm going back to America. Well, as soon as she does that, and Dustin and I were going, well, wait a minute. She suddenly has an interesting storyline after a season and a half yeah. of going. Of standing in the back of the room. background character? Yeah. <laughs> if, this, if this was the regular The Walking Dead, you would have sat there and went, wait a minute. Are are you a male black character on this show? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, you know, you don't have any lines. So it's, and her, her storyline got actually kind of interesting. We're like, can we, can yeah. we stay with her and well, follow her back to well, America? <laughs> we did. We followed her up until the point she, like, stole the truck and she, like, went to this place where this boy had loved her and was going to propose to her. But but she did, why did she say no? I can't remember. Because she was going to go, she had to go with her, her she couldn't leave her family. All right. He wanted her to come, to come away with him. Oh, yeah. And so it, you just about the time you discover that she has decided her whole family's dead, so she's going to whatever city he was living in. She's going to try and find him. To see if she he's still alive. She is kidnapped. She's captured at the border by someone. And we assumed that it was 
the crazy racists that Madison is with now, mm-hmm. but we can't have not been had it's not been confirmed. We don't know that. But if Strand had just said, she we were we were alive. She we all thought you were dead. She stayed with us for a couple of days, but she couldn't. She was too distraught, and she left. I don't know where she is. We can go find her. She went back towards America. We can go find her. Daniel would have let him out, and they would have, you know, gotten away. But no, he decided to lie. Which was super dumb. Super dumb for this character that has been, like, one of the smartest guys on the show. Yeah, it's... And I realize he's he's in panic mode right now, but... Desperate. When you are talking to someone who is as accomplished a killer as Daniel is... And you know he is. And what was interesting in this episode um, was that we actually get a chance to get inside Daniel's head without the crazy that he was dealing with. Because he was mm-hmm. basically having a nervous breakdown. His life, you know, his wife had died. He was estranged from his daughter. He was cracking up mm-hmm. bad. I mean, he would, it just every his entire life caught up with him, and it was like, you're, he started hallucinating. He started seeing people who weren't there. And, you know, it, it took almost dying in the fire for him to snap back to sanity. Well... He's also come to terms to some degree. It's an interesting mix of he's come to terms with what he is, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be that. But at the same time, he can slide back into it without any effort. I mean, the the violence we get out of Daniel tonight was very natural. It's not like, I have to try and do this. It was, I have to try to not do this. Mm-hmm. This is this is my natural state, is, is the... Is the violence. When you do something long enough, repeatedly, it's like riding you a come bike. to find that you do it pretty much every day, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what is it, ten, only 10,000 hours, do something over 10,000 hours and you become an expert. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You want to know what I'm an expert in? No. Yeah, please, do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Am I going to have to beep this out? <laughs> well, first you take... <laughs> You get the whip cream. So, no, it's sticky. Uh, Do you like Cool Whip or the stuff that comes from the can? Oh, well, we we made a a movie. (laughs) 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 Okay. Have we never shown you uh, uh, Nine and a Half Years? Nine and a Half Years? No. Okay, so uh, when we're done here. Oh, wait, I think so. That's with the, the nine and a half. Yeah. The, that's yeah, a movie that you, listener, haven't seen, so Google it. Yeah. Actually, you can go to uh, my Vimeo account, uh, where I have also recently posted Dustin and my award winning one night stand film that we just won the day, the, the day before this recording. We're recording this on Sunday night. Saturday, we participated in the original timed film festival. Nobody else did it first. It was born in Kansas City. We do it in 10 hours here, so suck it for you at our film, people. And <laughs> we, we love and are friends with. We do. We love you guys. So, suck it nicely. Suck it the way we all enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis is sitting there. <laughs> anyway. He's never coming back. We've lost him. <laughs> all right, so let's do our, let's, let's do our chatting. So, waste yeah. of time. So, Daniel shambles into Tijuana. Yeah, this is a Daniel episode. It's, yes. It's, it's all about Daniel. Thank goodness, because he is, I think, by far the most compelling character well, on the show. This is the, you've never seen an episode 
But you, I'm entitled to my ill-informed no, opinion. No, this is what I'm. This is what I'm. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm because you had only seen like the first two episodes. So this is number right? four for him and number two for me. I saw. I think I saw the first season. Oh yeah. And then I saw like a couple episodes of second season, and then I was just over it. I remember that you came here a couple of times. I hated something. this show so much. That hate watching was wasn't enough. That, well, I mean, I love hanging out with you guys, but I hated this show more than that. Oh, wow. and that is a lot. Special. Well, no argument that second season and first season, large chunks of the first season, were just not good. So have they hit their stride? Well, you don't... Oh, so, shush. Uh, by your okay. tongue. So, so, we talk about we talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over on a level of yeah. 7, which is one of our podcasts. And their mistake was they tied their first season into the movie... What? Um, the Captain, Captain America, America movie. Captain yeah. America Winter Soldier. Um, so it was just a matter of hanging so, out until so that came out. So half the season was tread, the first half of the season was treading water until it lined up with the Witcher Soldier. This was an incredibly dumb move because they lost over half of their original viewing audience. I stopped watching in those first ten episodes. They were gone and they never got them back. I no, I never came back. And that, they lost me then too. And I the last season, the last season and a half of the show was really good. Yeah, it's been amazing. But the problem is, is that once you've lost those people, they don't come back. I, it doesn't matter. And you the funny thing is, I have tried to come back and like start rewatching Agents of Shield. Like when the new season starts up, I'll stop. Oh, I'll watch an episode, and I'm just like, no, can't. So, we watched this show because Dustin and I. Well, Dustin and I have deep rooted uh, inner rage issues, mm-hmm. put it at ourselves. So we basically had to torture ourselves okay. and do a podcast. Um, Would you like tor- to know how I abuse myself? I mean, torture my... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you abuse <laughs> uh, Did we mention that Curtis knows how to make whips? Anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's true. Whips. It does. Yeah. Whips. I mean, what? How much? <laughs> I, have, I have chains in the back of the car. <laughs> I'm a production designer. Anyway. Uh, that, you never know. Know. But you do you have, Does anybody have chips and dip? <laughs> There <laughs> we go. James, chips and dip. Anyway, I got cherries. Oh gosh, folks, we're gonna we're gonna come back this next is, week. This is like This has gotten sexual. <laughs> this this show is so good tonight that we just can't handle it. Okay, it's right, we're all and it's about. all in Spanish. But, Hello. But, so we open on Daniel, who is Burned. it's clearly a flashback. Uh, not a flashback, but it's like we're backing up a little bit to show how he ended up. Where, where he was last. So, yeah, that was pretty and clear first off the bat. He's rescued by a dude on a bike. Yeah, a little, no, his personal savior. Now, Daniel is really messed yeah. up. We we kind of thought he was, when we initially saw him, that he should have been more damaged considering what he went through. But later he describes what it was like, what his memories of the fire were. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, to some degree, he was almost shielded from... He doesn't say this directly, but he talks about how the ceiling collapsed. And with the fire, it sounds like he was kind of either blocked from the worst of it or maybe partially buried under some of it mm-hmm. because he basically, the worst damage we see is to his leg. Right. Which is really badly burnt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not moving at all well. And you pointed out, Dustin, the, one of the things this show does really, really well is its sense of scale mm-hmm. for desolate landscapes. Yeah, because he's walking down the middle of some highway. There's no one around. There's no cars. There's no people. Yeah, I noticed these last couple episodes. Not a big budget for the uh, for the zombies. Well, kind of far off, you know. They're not. Yeah, 
It's only a little cluster at the beginning, and the rest of them we see are... Tim, Tim's favorite thing to point out <laughs> is that even though the zombie apocalypse, according to all of the lore of the show, happened in the summer, a lot of the zombies are wearing long sleeve shirts and sweaters and long skirts and full pants. Cut that on your makeup cost. So, like, every... Yeah, if you look at the zombies, even, even the Mexican zombies that are in tropical temp- temperatures and climates, they were all wearing, unless you're, like, a hero zombie, like the clubber zombie, the, the girl who was in her, like, bikini top, and her, she was still wearing a long the jacket and, and mm. stuff. Because mm. you don't have to do arms, and arms are hard. <laughs> nobody likes arms, are just the boring part. <laughs> but so we, it's like nobody ever make up, makes up their ears when they're doing, like, their Halloween stuff. They, they do everything. Right back to the oh, ears, yeah. and then they just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vampire, except for my ears. <laughs> well, well, ears. Just James. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets attacked by a zombie, and we get zombie chase, as Curtis described it. <laughs> that was he's, actually he's lame, and the zombie's <laughs> lurching, and it's basically it's like which one of these people not moving fast, dragging one side, is going to move fast. No, I thought that they're developing a new sport, which I would watch. <laughs> and he tries to get underneath the car and it doesn't work out too well Mm-mm. and then a dog shows up and tries to bark at the zombie and the zombie's like shiny yeah <laughs> and then Ephraim on the bicycle shows up and saves him mm-hmm. and he's this skinny weird fidgety kind of guy at least that's what he comes across initially Tweaking. and uh, but he talks Daniel down because Daniel was just like in this state. He's a very kind man. He's a very kind man. We aren't used to that. Everybody's got their own agenda, you know. Well, and he's 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 willing to talk to Daniel. Say, you know, Daniel's like, give me water, and he's like, quiet, 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 quiet. I will get you water, but you're gonna have to walk. I got and good news. And I've got news? bad news. <laughs> no, <I get> the <laughs> good news is I've got it. Bad news is we have to walk. <laughs> yeah. And he takes Daniel along and. Leads him through town, a part of the town, and to essentially what looks like a mall. Yeah. yeah, I laughed because I was like, "It's Day of the Dead." It's <laughs> well, I, I'm I am this far into the episode. I think we're up what five, six minutes maybe, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, "Can we just stay with this these people in Tijuana?" I like the I like the way the place looks. I mean, the the, the different architecture and the different you know the kind of the colors mm-hmm. and, the, and the texture of the whole visuals. I'm like. Can we just stay here for a while? Can we just have the Daniel show for a while? <laughs> and Ephraim takes him to this place, and and there's mm-hmm. a fountain there, which for a very short period of time, at five o'clock on Tuesdays, was it five o'clock on Tuesday? Five o'clock yeah. every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it would the water flows, but that's the only place you can get water because uh, at the dam, uh, Hector at Hector at the dam, who we met last week, is basically holding the water hostage. He's you know who Hector at the Master Dam reminds me of? at this point, I guess, right? You, you know who Hector mm-hmm. at the Dam reminds me of? He reminds me of the the character in Reservoir Dogs who's like the mob boss, and he's like the worst Italian, like, <laughs> stereotypical mob boss ever, and, yeah. you know, uh, and just awful and chewing up scenery. That's who he reminds me of, but as as a realistic-ish character. Mm-hmm. You know, these mob boss characters, they all wear suits yeah. and... Yeah. So, yeah. 
But we're not there yet. No. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> to preview. They've already watched it. They, they've been really <laughs> condescending to them. Or, or the, we, I, have, I know we have several listeners who actually will not watch the show, but they want to hear us talk about it because they're never going to watch the show. See, that's, that's the ideal scenario. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they want to hear us sit there and say, this was terrible. Which, um, we can't, we uh, from, which isn't going to happen this week. We went up My, from one yeah. listener last week to several now. I, uh-huh. I, that's I, impressive. I actually see our stats, and we have... At least twenty-five listeners. Well, Damn. if those twenty-five people, twenty-five. See, those twenty-five people got in on the ground. Sometimes they even each more. can get two people to report to them, and they get <laughs> those two people to get two more people. See, that's when the big money starts. I have an internet friend named Heather Hogan, and Heather Hogan and I have never met. She lives in New York. Uh, but she, she's famous now. Uh, well, yeah, for 25 whole people. Uh, <laughs> she is, she writes recaps for this uh, queer feminist website called Autostraddle, which I read because, duh. <laughs> <laughs> she recaps. And it's called Autostraddle? Yeah. Well, she recaps Sounds Pretty Little true. Liars. <laughs> Which is a show I have never watched. I have never watched. I mean, I've seen maybe 30 seconds of a commercial of Pretty Little Liars. But I read every one of her recaps because they are so funny. <laughs> and I, I, I like to think that there are people out there that, that are our little dog and pony show with no dogs and or ponies. Our <laughs> brand of, well, in some quarters it's called humor, um, <laughs> is, is, is enjoyed by at least a couple of three people. So anyway... Um, Ephraim takes Daniel into his space. Uh, and well, then... at first he takes takes him to some family's house, some some random four people who are like, why are you bringing this charcoal person into our house? He fills up his jug of water and he also takes it to him. And he's got a, a tape player and he's it says it's playing Agua over and over and over again. And he's basically threading his way through the city through a bunch of walkers everywhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what the purpose of that was, why he was drawing that, so much attention. I don't know either. That really bothered me. There's two things about this episode that really bothered me. This, that that thing, thing, and then another thing we'll get to in a minute. Um, I think he may have been trying to let people know, let the people know he was coming, but also... So they'd unlock the gate? So, or yeah, so they that advance. But it also has the side effect of drawing the walkers. So if it, as a way of letting them know that he's coming, okay... It's going to do the job, but it's also going to draw attention, so it's not very smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he takes him to the family of like four people who are going, who is this person you have brought to us whose leg is really gross, man? Mm-hmm. And then, then this woman shows up, and she's like, where did you find this char-grilled person? And, and Ephraim's like, I don't know, just found him. And she's like, well, I guess we can, you know, see what we can do. No, she's not like... I will have to scrape him to heal him. He's still going to lose it. Yeah, she was not at all uh, certain that Daniel was going to keep his leg. And then we get to see his leg, and we're like, you're right. He probably isn't going to keep... No, I've seen as bad, and I saw the leg. Okay, his (laughs) leg looks worse than your leg. And I can see your leg right now. Well, it looked bad like that. I had a bunch of black stuff going on. All that big? It was like his whole leg there. It's like baked on... Yeah, anyway, so basically we're watching this, and it's like, don't scream, don't scream, you'll draw the, you'll draw the zombies. And they give him alcohol, and she starts singing uh, probably a lullaby of some kind, or at least a, a song that he recognizes. 
and she takes out the razor, straight razor, mm -hmm. starts scraping on the leg, and everybody in this room all sat there and went, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Why didn't they put something in his mouth? That's the and see you talk about things. Well, like, I ask myself every day. You know, back when like <laughs> women would have babies or whatever, and they have to wear they stick the wood in their mouth so they could bite into it. Well, they need to put something. Anyway, this episode is. We really like this episode. So we it's in Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> so um, anyway, magic happens. He heals and, enough. Yeah, and he he heals, not just enough. He's walking we, around. We don't and, know what the what the time frame in between. But I will tell you this: if we are to believe that it is the same time frame that Strand and uh, Madison were at the hotel and Travis and Chris mm -hmm. were wandering around in the desert, it is not long enough for how him long? to have healed that long. How long ago did you hurt your leg? February 21st. Mm -hmm. This is June. 17th-ish. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's TV. Right. It's and like it, when Carl was shot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. like two days later, he's like, I gotta go play outside. And oh, no, Carl's been shot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, I'm dead. And, yeah. We were expected to believe for a half a season they were looking for a little girl in the woods. Yeah. And <laughs> Well, if we go out today, we'll we're surely find her because she lives not, in the woods. Let's not go back to season two of Walking Dead because <laughs> it was a dark I got, time. I got nothing good to say. <laughs> it was a dark and terrible time. Anyway, he miraculously has recovered, uh, and they are there's a there's a runoff. It's basically a canal, a, a concrete canal. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. and it's probably called Canal Street because they always for, call this. I don't know. It looks people, like the L.A. River in the now, middle of Los Angeles. Now, I would <laughs> just have to say though, for all the people who are all the people who are starving of thirst. There's water. There's a lot of water there. Why? What did I miss something in the episode? Was there a line that I blinked that I missed where they or people aren't capturing this water? I realize it's probably not. How often does clean. it rain in Mexico? Well, but that's a there's a canal there. Shouldn't you just like go down there and get lots and lots of buckets of it? That's why we're saying that's that's L.A. That's not a thing. Well, so it was. It was empty at one point, we see, and then, it, mm -hmm. and then it's raining and it's flooding. But again, it's raining and flooding, so fill up your buckets, yeah. guys. But Daniel, um, he's helping uh, from with gathering, going, finding things, the detritus of life, and randomly lit uh, production design fires, mm -hmm. which are lit randomly by production design. And, uh, oh, God, <laughs> that was, it's just like... Mm. It looks really odd. At night, it, but, at night okay. it kind of makes sense because it almost looks like they're there to be the the guide so that you don't like fall in the canal. But at the same time, um, but, I, I think I'm just applying a rational rationalization to it. Don't look too We're trying, yeah, don't look too Just hand wave you. No, 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 no. no. Um, Got it. Fair enough. Also, I'm getting the the distinct uh, feeling that that Tijuana is a lot more populated. In like little pockets, like people are hiding in little mm. little groups, and so I think maybe there are a lot more people around. I mean, just the people that are that show up to the gate of the dam to get water. Oh sure, that's a ton of people just like floating around in Tijuana. So you're thinking it's more like we're this this water is there, but it's a accessibility and yeah. reliability. Okay, fair enough. 
And also, I think that, you know, there's little, like, the fires that you see or the fact that he's going through the streets with the thing saying, aqua, aqua, aqua. It's, he's letting all the people know that there's, this is a free opportunity for water that are hiding. A lot more people are hiding than we're giving Tijuana credit for, I think. Well, I mean, that makes sense. That makes that's, sense. That's my justification for the whole situation, anyway. So there, we find out that Lola is... Uh, Not yet. No. Right. Let's, let's because, have, hold off on that because we have to have the discussion between Daniel and, right. and Ephraim. Well, Ephraim, we don't know what he is, but he's some sort of religious fella. And a drunk. And a drunk. And uh, and him and Daniel have this conversation where Daniel lays out everything. I was I worked I was in El Salvador. I was in the Whatchamadoodles. Ninety six people. Yeah, I killed you know, all these people and after the haircut. Okay. He gave he gave Daniel a haircut, which essentially meant he cut his bags. Yeah, he cut um, some bags. Bullets. He did not do a good job. And then, then he asks Daniel to for, or Ephraim to forgive him, and Ephraim says, "Well, there's good news and bad news. Good news is there's not enough people around who are going to judge you, and the bad news is I'm drunk. I'm going to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> and, that awkward moment of but it's, clock. It's also a really, really beautiful scene in the sense that you get it gives it, it gives uh, Reuben Blades a great chance. To just very, very quietly and very emotionally, tightly controlled emotionally, lay out everything that is the dark side of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And there are people like Curtis who stopped watching the show and maybe just are watching again for the first time. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah, they, you know, thank goodness they do that because oh, well, I'm sure I would have been a little bit annoyed with it if I already knew that information. But I was like, but if he meets somebody else new and has to go through all that again, I'm just gonna. And room, every every person who meets Daniel from now on has to go into a, a room lit, lit by candles with him mm-hmm. and sit and hold his hands while he tells them the whole I have, story. I have in killed, Spanish. I have killed 96 people. Yes, in Spanish. You, I probably might not kill. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he does say that he, he believes that Ophelia is dead at that point. He says, I, my daughter, I think she's dead. You know, yeah, he's, it was a, that was his, his giving up moment. He's just yeah. going to roll with it from now on and see how it goes. So, well, and, and you think about when he came out of that compound and everyone around him is burnt to death. The idea that his daughter could have escaped. I mean, it's he's a very, very practical, pragmatic person. He, it's the way he, just the way his, his, his mind works. pragmatic in every way. And the idea, I don't, it's, I think it would be really, really hard for him to, to have that kind of hope. Because mm-hmm. I think that kind of hope would break him. And I think he knows that. So when he, <clears throat> they have their talk, and he decides he's going to leave, and he wanders out into the night down to the canal where it's storming, mm-hmm. and a walker comes up and he kills the walker, puts it into the water, and then. The scariest walker this show has ever had. Really. <laughs> No, but uh, well, this, one of the most dramatically shot walkers we've ever This said. show. This show, this particular this show. This particular show has ever had. giant beard and a bald head. Well, basically, it's Alan Moore. It's the comic writer, Alan Moore, who's come to kill us all. That's what it is. Um, and it's like, that's exactly what Alan Moore looks like. He's just giant with a beard and bald head. And he's, he looms over up over uh, Daniel, and Daniel's basically just 
throws out his arms and he's just like, you know, praying to mm. the Virgin Mary and basically he's like, to just kill me. Let's do it. And then God says, <laughs> no, no. Because a lightning bolt comes down and zaps the zombie through the head. And let me just tell you, folks at home, it is to the to the the nature of this particular season how good it's been and how good this episode is that nobody in this room while we looked at it and went really a lightning bolt none of us sat there and went I'm out that's <laughs> bullshit I can't take this we're like we're done lightning bolt okay <laughs> yes well, wonderful that's, and this is where this is where I develop my first theory of the season. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Um, that, that in this show, I think eventually Daniel's going to maybe go off the the deep end a little bit, maybe, and think that, that God is trying to keep him alive. Gets out of the fire, lightning bolt kills the zombie, and so... And so yeah, maybe. Spiritual influences could probably creep into his brain. That's what I'm thinking about. Well, spiritual. Interesting. What's McCall? It went into the zombies. Yeah. Oh. brain, but okay. <laughs> brain, down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been hit by lightning or in proximity of a lightning strike? So we, uh, we were on a camp out and a lightning took out a tree like 20 feet away from us. I had one. Uh, I was in Florida on a bus and I was at the front of the bus and it shot through or right in front of us. And my mom was on a plane once when it shot through a plane. Yeah, that would scare me. I was in, I was driving my old man's pick 'em up truck, and it hit the uh, basically where my head would have been, just on top of the vehicle, mm. and it melted a, a portion of that. That was so weird. It melted a portion of that that panel. Out in western Kansas. Yeah, and it was the loudest. It was the loudest bang I've ever heard. Where there are no trees, it's all just. Open. Well, yeah. there are trees in western Kansas, but it's there is. They're few and far between. They're few and far between. <laughs> okay. This is the tree, and but, <laughs> but, <laughs> our tree. But the thing is, that lightning strike scene totally bought it. I oh, yeah. totally see why he was thrown off. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. That the, of the hundreds of things that I've seen on this show that I don't buy, bought that. So good job, guys. <laughs> well, it it played really well, really well. It leads to poor old Daniel landing in the in the canal and drifting to the water treatment plant mm-hmm. where he is discovered by by Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> Vulcan <laughs> Skull is probably better. Vulcan Skull from the power oh, of no. the skinny. I think we need to go with Lenny and Squiggy because yeah. for those of you who don't know what we're doing, again, ask your parents. That's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your grandparents. Oh, that hurt. That hurt me a little. I know. And oh, I'm right here you. in the heart. I'm the, I'm the oldest person in the room. I hate you, Dustin. That was yeah. me. <laughs> so anyway, um, and they find him, and he's alive, and they're like, oh, no, there's a living person, and he made it into the compound. If we tell anyone, we're all going to be murdered, which is not great. Like, you would think that if, if – I, I would hope that I would be working in, if they were like, hey – there was this living person inside the drain. Can we not all die just because he happened to live through something traumatic? Please. I think you know, it, it's telling that everyone is so scared of Hector at this point. It's like, if it goes any at all wrong at all, he's going to kill us. Yeah. 
Uh, it's not a question of, you know... You Good gotta, news, you have a job and you're alive. Bad news, we're going to kill you. Yeah, we can kill you at any time. <laughs> Wait a second. So, he, well, he's just basically following the Walking Dead model of leadership, mm-hmm. which is if you're not part of the main group of whatever the show is, and you're the leader of another community, you're a psychotic. Mm-hmm. And you have the odds of you trying of killing your own people are very, very high. <clears throat> so they take him to Lola, who turns out to be the woman who... Pat, who fixed his leg, or at least helped him with his leg. Got him a job. Him. And yeah. he's like, oh, great. We're all going to get killed because of you. Thanks. But, but she you. basically, like, bluffs his way in as a janitor, saying, you know, I need more people to help clear out the pipes so that we can not have decaying flesh corrupt our, our water supply because mm-hmm. I'm the water treatment lady. And she's willing to stand up to the head of security. Mm-hmm. And she's brave. I mean, she, there's, there's she a, seems like, like I enjoy Lola. I, I, I feel like she's going to, she's fine. She's fine. She let's, seems like a good human being. Let's all be friends, Lola. Who is, who is trying to make the best of a bad situation and still try and help as many people as yeah. she can. Yeah, it's nice that they introduce a character so they can make them turn bad later. I like that. That process happens over and over again with this show. Well, with all these shows, but um, both of these shows. And I never stop enjoying that. <laughs> I'm a good person. And then seven episodes later, they're shooting children in the face. True. <laughs> this happened. Well, hopefully we won't actually. Hopefully that won't happen to Lola. Anyway, uh, so, so his first day, his first day on the job, uh, uh, he gets, and Daniel gets in a fight with the uh, head of security because... Uh, he doesn't stand up when, when uh, what's his name? Hector. Hector walks through. Yeah, so he just sits there and everybody, he's like, everybody stands up and he's just looking and they leave and the head of security walks over and pulls out a chair says, why didn't you stand when the leader came through? And he's like, oh, is that the leader? I didn't know. I've been here a whole day. <laughs> which I think would have been fair enough. That would have been like, okay, yes, I understand that you just got here. You didn't get the orientation packet. But it's, uh, a secu- it's, it's all heads of security are innate jackasses and dicks. And so his first thing is, you know, and you look at me when I'm talking to you. And he tries to attack Daniel, and Daniel is Daniel. So Daniel somehow manages to not kill him. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, he stabs him in the fork with a fork. He pokes him in the eye. He, Yeah, and, and then Hector comes up, and he's like... What's what's going on here? Why is the why are you letting a janitor beat you up? And uh, and then he looks at Daniel and is like, "What's your name?" And Daniel's like, "Well, I'm Daniel Salazar. Where are you from, Daniel?" I think it's because he said something a specific way with a specific yeah the tone tone or dialect or and something. And he says, "Are you are you Lieutenant Salazar? Are you Officer Salazar? Are you, you know?" Uh, and then he realized, you know, where are you from? Were you part of this? You know, did you fight the communists? And he's going through, like, all the different lieutenant and officer and just all different terms that are and the ranking. Look, and the look on Daniel's face is like, okay. this is going to be a problem. He's like, okay, okay, you're, you're familiar with my career. Fantastic. <laughs> Am I about to die? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creepily ask me to follow you, and we'll go have the conversation that I know that's coming. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, you, all, you have to expect this, the guy. You have to expect Hector to go. I'm a really big fan of your work. Yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest? Essentially, fan? he does. He does. Yeah. Can you mm. sign my knife? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Daniel now is a job as an, gets a job as an enforcer, and his first job. Remember, he's been at the water treatment plant three days. Maybe, maybe three days. Maybe three days. And he's already rose from janitor to to head of torture. I think I think he started as janitor, right? And then by lunch, he was head of torture. You think it's only been oh only yeah day, yeah like totally. I think, I think he just finished his morning stuff, took a little lunch break there, and then. El Jefe walks through and says, like, oh, hey, look, I, can't, I know that guy. Come <laughs> on. And now go find the fellow who's stealing water. Right. And well, so off he goes. Well, it turns Change out. Change your clothes. Yeah, it turns out that Lola has left certain spigots on, and she, at certain times during the day or certain times during the week, will turn them on mm -hmm. so, that, so that people can get water. And so they're looking for Ephraim because they know that he's getting water from his spigot. And if they can find Ephraim, then they can find out who in the water treatment plant is turning on the water. They don't know it's Ephraim specifically, but they know that it's somebody in this area. And it just, of course, that area is where Ephraim is. And they're all just walking around going, I don't know anything about plumbing. What am I supposed to be looking for? I don't know. But then they're <laughs> finally, not finally, it didn't take that long, but... but Daniel's like, there's your problem right there. Yeah. There's well, your problem. Well, he, he's standing there, and he knows that every Tuesday at 5 p.m., the water comes on in the fountain. And he knows that if the water comes on and they find it, they'll destroy the fountain. So he sacrifices Ephraim so that the water can stay on. Which is all part of his master plan. I don't think, I don't think Daniel no, had there's a no, plan. There's no plan at this point. I think he's just... He's Roll doing that around. pragmatic thing that he does, which is, what is the least amount of death damage I, I, I can, can do. I can handle here? And if 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 we sacrifice Ephraim, then these other people will still have water. Therefore, they'll be able to come and they'll be able to come so, and get the water. You know, one death saves these lives. And, and then, of course, Lola's very upset by this because and he explains as he explains to him, her because it's not great. It's not a great situation. Well, and, and unfortunately, it is the kind of, of mental arithmetic that gets you uh, mass slaughters. You know, if I kill these ten people, then I save these hundred. Where does that, where does that number math mental gymnastics that you're doing end? It ends up, you know, it's the, if we're all it's starving. A, it's called a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, and it's, it's and a it's terrible way to run a life. It's super, well, and it's super creepy because... Businesses do this all the time. Like the reason that uh, remember when all those people were dying because of the inter ignition interlock in Toyotas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it came out that they had done a cost-benefit analysis that mm -hmm. yeah, with the Priuses, yeah, yeah, with the Toyota Priuses, there was the, the often they'd start they yeah. The gas oh, would go. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And, that's right, and yeah. when they started doing the investigation, they discovered that Toyota knew that the these interlocks were going bad and people were would probably die but the cost of pulling all these cars in and fixing it would have way outweighed the amount of money that they would have had to pay to the people the few people that would have died mm -hmm. in these problems so like let's just leave let's just not do a recall 
And unfortunately, you know. <laughs> Human life is not equated into a cost. Right. And that's, see, that's what Daniel does. But it's also the same thing on a larger scale that Hector is doing, mm -hmm. which is he's basically saying, I could give these people water, mm -hmm. but then everyone would want water. And then where would we be? Then none of us would have water. And it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a math it's a it's that math story problem that kills you on the SAT because it's like, okay, there's an answer to this, but it's a really bad answer. And, but this is what people, this is what what these tin pot dictators do. This is this is how we've had, you know, you get massacres now. Ah. So it's a really chilling thing. But it's on Daniel's, you know, that's Daniel's logic is if I can, if one person dies to save a bunch more. Right. I can handle that. And he even tells that to Ephraim when they get him in the room. Yeah. He's like, if you talk, they're going to kill you, and then they're going to kill Lola. If you don't talk, I am going to kill you. And I'll do it as fast. But I'll do it as fast as I can. <laughs> and Ephraim goes, understands it, and yeah. he is... Yeah, but no, but he also sits there and says, these, these are both bad options. And then he's <laughs> sitting there, and he's like, and, and he asks, forgive me again? <laughs> yeah. I, I was waiting for the whole, I've got good news. And I got bad news. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is I've given up everybody. The bad news is you're involved in everyone. The, if yeah. he had, if he, I expected Daniel to say, and I didn't want him to, I expected Daniel to say, I've got good news and bad news. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want him to because it would have cheapened it. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it really would. It, have, I think yeah. it would have, it would have, it would have made a really dark and sad moment. Because you can, you can watch again. Uh, if you have not ever realized just how good an actor Ruin Blades is, he's a really good actor. Oh yes. You're able to look at his face and see that he is hurting with what he's about to do, mm -hmm. and he's going to do it anyway. But he's he's in pain and he's going to kill this person, uh, just to, in his mind to save other people. And, and if you cast if you cast your mind back to season one of this show, mm -hmm. when he had to torture somebody, yeah, at the in, so that soldier. Yeah, that was not was a yeah that, that I think was handled way different and oh, much yeah. worse. Oh, it was a terrible scene. Then it just that whole scene didn't make because it didn't sense. yeah it didn't make any sense because like why are you going to torture this kid? He if you give him five seconds he's going to be on your side. He's already in love with your daughter. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah just have a conversation with the guy. But this is not that situation, and this is this is somebody who recognizes what he is and doesn't want to be that. But he's going to do it to keep, again, to keep the most number of people alive. Right. Because uh, he understands the tar out of it. He knows who Hector is. He knows what Hector is. He's worked with people like Hector before. He knows that there's, you don't, you don't have the rational discussion where you reason this out with Hector. Hector has made up his mind. Right. But unfortunately, Lola is not having any of it, and so she throws herself on Ephraim's body and is like. Please don't, please don't. And Daniel's like, oh, oh crap. But he had warned her because yeah. when he, she had, you know, she came to him like, what the hell did you just do? And he, he explained his reasoning for it. So she, he said he's done what he can do. It's up to her, basically. And yeah. She, well, she ran with it. Smartest thing that she, the smartest thing that could have happened was what she did, according to the way the rest of the show ended. Yeah. That is true. True. That well, you know. But yeah. it depends and, on and what happens. I don't know, but though. no, because I. Uh, well. Okay. No. And it, then, okay. It, uh, is, it, is the, it is the smartest thing, ultimately. 
Right. But at the time, nobody knew this was what was going to happen. I think because right. I really don't think, I don't. I think was, Daniel had a plan. I yeah, I don't think Daniel had any kind of plan. I really honestly was expect. I was expecting. For I was already plotting out the course of the rest of the season in my mind with you know, f with with uh, Hector and Daniel being evil dudes together, and then like Ophelia coming back, and then having this big conversation. Me watching Daniel just sit there and go, "This is the world I live in, and I'm going to be the monster." Yeah, and then when Ophelia finally shows back up, because you know she's going to show back up at some point. I have a theory, but I'm not going to share that with you today. Um, I think that it was. And then it would have been like a, this comp. Then we would have had the big confrontation where Daniel killed Hector or whatever. I did not expect it to happen today. Yeah. Um, we, we touched earlier on the encounter with Strand in the cell. And that happens right before this. Yeah. Where Strand does the dumb thing and Daniel's like, I don't believe you. You're a liar. Rot in the cell. Well, no, it, because he catches him in an obvious lie because the first thing he says is, We thought you were all dead. We all thought you were dead. Mm hmm. And then the end of it is she's waiting for you at the hotel. Right. Which no, she's not. She thought you were dead, and that's where that's where Daniel caught him. Well, not only that, it's it's the idea that Daniel he would think that Daniel would believe that Ophelia, after everything she had heard from him the last time they had talked, there was that they were already having problems because mm -hmm. she was having a hard time dealing with the fact that she knew what Daniel had done. You know, she had revealed what his what he was to her, and she was like, "You've lied to me my entire life. I'm in my mid twenties, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> and you have basically deceived me about what you are. And now you expect me to sit there and go, well, I can protect you now. Well, thanks a lot, Dad. That's great. Except you're a mass murderer. I don't necessarily know if I want your protection. Yeah, your protection might get me, you know, in a grave. Um, so." The idea, so there's no way that Daniel's going to believe that she was waiting for him. Right. Those words are just not, it's like, yeah, no, she, my daughter hates me right now. Why would, why would, you know, if he had just said, she's at the hotel. He didn't even say that she's, you're waiting for you. She thought you were dead, but she's at the hotel. He could have sold him on that. Maybe. I just don't think, I think that he should have been like, she, we were with her. Yeah. She, I, she stole our truck. I think she's headed to, she's headed back to America, mm -hmm. and then I think Daniel would have, like, they would have gone, gone to blazing to get out of there, to, to start heading back to America. But he doesn't do that, because Strand is an idiot. At this apparently, scene. apparently now Strand is stupid. I know. Because well, this is the second really dumb mistake he's made over the, the two episodes where Strand has been in episodes. Uh, this, and, well, in telling people he was a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I don't know. It's, if, on the other hand, if the price... For the for the rest of the episodes, is Strand being an idiot? Mm. Um, well, I don't see know. the problem. The here's 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 why I don't think that trade off works, because for so long the only reason we were watching this show <laughs> was Strand, because he was such a badass, cool character. Yeah. And to turn on a dime and make him just like this greasy con man liar. Who's going to make the worst decision? You know, make the worst. That doesn't work for me. You keep your cool, slick, you know, morally ambiguous, you know, giant sexual, homosexual black dude, awesome, and then you you level up your show to match the level of your giant, beautiful, homosexual, awesome dude. 
Well, you don't you, make your homosexual awesome dude stupid. If you want to show him vulnerability, then you give you give a chance. They to did take a great job giving his husband vulnerability when they introduced when, they, when you when you realize that he's going he's going there because he wants to be with his husband. That worked. Mm-hmm. It suddenly re- reveals that he does care about people. It's who he cares about that matters. You know, other you know just because just because you're with him doesn't mean he's he cares about you. He ca- he has a very specific person that he cares about, and he was going to do anything to get to them. And it, that made sense. Mm-hmm. Here, though, he's just dumb. In right. this scene, he's just dumb, and it's unfortunate. But we'll hopefully not have to deal with that much longer. Anyway, so now it's an execution day, and oh, Ephraim yeah. and Strand and Which, Lola and the day player. Probably just after dinner the same day. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, yeah. The whole, everything has happened in one day. And again, the, the thing I is, like this theory. I'm going with it. Yeah, so Daniel and Strand arrived at the water treatment plant on the same day. <laughs> Daniel started working as a janitor. He was promoted to head of torture by lunch. They found Ephraim around three, let's say three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then tortured Ephraim, threatened Strand, went for executions six ish. Six-ish. Yeah, yeah I think he got to. I think he got to. He got to the torture about five. Yeah, yeah probably. They let him cool light snack, you know. Appetizer. All true. Yeah. Now, considering yeah. how poorly the parent show does with time in any way, shape, or form, this could entirely be possible. There is no sense of time or scale in the world of The Walking Dead, original or fear flavored. Um, it is. You know, they've, they've screwed it up for seven, eight years now. However, um, it is also a testament to how good this episode is that while we were watching it, we weren't going, oh my God. Yeah, they seem to have a good handle on that. Yeah. yeah. So it's execution day. We're all standing on the dam again. Uh, my fa- this is, I think, one of my favorite Hector moments of the two moments we got with Hector, where he pulls the one little guy over. And he's like, I didn't know any of this was happening. He's like, no, no, no. You're just here as the messenger. I want you to go, you know, I want you to be the messenger and tell all the people, oh, you don't cross me. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, fly, messenger pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> and Lola's looking at, Lola looks down the line and goes, oh, this is not going to be cool. Yeah. And then he's like, next. <laughs> <laughs> and next is Lola. And Hector brings her up to the edge, or no, Daniel brings her up to the edge, and Hector says, all right, push her off, and he doesn't. It was a very, ooh, what's he going to do Yeah. moment. And I was I was actually unsure. I thought, I, he, I thought he might have pushed her off. I thought he was going to. I, I was 100% he's going to do it. Because, his, because the equation hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. He's the, in a survival mode. The logic, the logic argument he was making to save these people out there and keep the water flowing was a small number of people had to die. Well, yeah. That's you. And then, no. No. And so the head of security, so Hector's like, all right, doofus, go over there and, <laughs> and get this done. And and he approaches Daniel, and Daniel turns into Jason Bourne and kills every single person that should probably die. Two security guards and in rapid succession, and then he turns, and, and Hector's like, hey, now, surely we can discuss this like rational. Bang! <laughs> because that's what <laughs> we But I gave you a place to live. <laughs> no, I, I took you in off the street. Dude, I met you yesterday. <laughs> Bang! Good morning. I met you this morning. I met you this morning. I met you this morning. 
You are my uh, afternoon delight. We're yeah. moving on. <laughs> and then he gives the gun to Lola, and he kneels in front of her, and he says, forgive me. And he is, you just know that if she pulled the trigger, if, if it's a silhouette shot, essentially. The, the, the sky is behind them. They're standing on the edge of the dam. If she had pulled the trigger, it would have been a viable ending to Daniel's story. Yes. I would have been, I actually would have, I would have, they probably didn't write that until they they uh, until they were scrutinizing his performance. They were like, oh, we could keep him around for no, a while. Here's my you theory. Would you like to know what my theory is? Speak your theory to us. Uh, my theory is that um, the last part of season two was so terrible. <laughs> So terrible with Travis and Chris wandering around in the desert, whining at each other, and and Nick falling into another cult, and which it looks like he's going to do again. Oh, I know. Um, and you know, it just they looked at this and said, you know what, this show actually was pretty good when we had Ruben Blades on. Can we bring him back? He died in the fire. He well, did we see his body? No, I guess we didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, they're like, we're gonna, let's kill off Travis because he's pointless and let's bring back Daniel. And so that's what they did. They exchanged the, really, they probably, and I've been calling for Travis to die since probably about the middle of season and then, one. And then they actually give him a really good episode and a good death scene. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, guys, if you were going to write Travis this good before. And we wouldn't have hated him so much. <laughs> so I'm glad to have I'm glad to have Ruben back because he doesn't pull the trigger, and she gives him his hand and helps him up, and that's a relief. Mm -hmm. And it's a really really well written episode. Yes, and I think I like it because I feel like now Lola's in charge. Lola's now the boss, and she's gonna make things better for everybody. We're gonna open up, make a situation. Make a, a, a more cohabitable world happen in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be a good thing. And Daniel and Strand will immediately leave. Because if we can, because if they leave, then we can still believe that, that, that Tijuana <laughs> is going to be a nice place where everywhere people are going to start to give along. Because it's just the world of the Walking Dead. And wherever our heroes go... They must leave death and destruction. They Lex the hell out of it. And collapse the society Did around Did you them. ever watch Lex? I watched some of Lex. Yeah. That's my favorite analogy for the Fear of the Walking Dead situation. Because on Lex, they would arrive on their giant bug spaceship. And through no fault of their own, they would create a problem at whatever planet they showed up at that would end up with the planet being completely destroyed. It would burn the civilization <laughs> burn to the, the civilization ground. To the and then they would all be like, the whole crew of the legs would be like, okay, we're getting back on our bug and getting out of here. And then the civilization would blow up behind them or be eaten by nanobots or something. <laughs> and that, has, that was basically the formula for the first two seasons of this show. They would show up through kind of no fault of just being there, just existing in this new space, they would cause some sort of friction which would cause the whole little tentative society to die. And it didn't hurt or help that every society they showed up at turned out to be a variation of a death cult. Yeah. California is very much that... that what are you saying about us? Uh, I've been to California. I've been to L.A. Born was, and raised. It was <laughs> that week was the longest month I've ever spent somewhere. That's because of the traffic. You guys, 
Look, look, I'm sure it's great. The weather's probably fine and everything. But you don't have enough shade. You just don't. Palm trees, you you got to stand 30 feet away from a palm tree at 4 o'clock in the afternoon just to get the shade from it. It's not fair to you people, and that's why you're all nuts. The brains are cooked. <laughs> I know. She is saying. We have friends from L.A. It's mm. all good. We have friends in L.A. and friends from L.A. But look, <laughs> and no, but listen, I love, I love all of the, my friends who were here and then went to L.A. to try to make it as actors, but they've all gone freaking weird. Well, but okay, you, you have trying to hand me scripts every time they come back to the, I'm not a producer. I don't care. Did you see the <laughs> picture of Ayla with a goat on her back? <laughs> huh? Did you see the picture of Ayla doing yoga with a goat on her back? I miss that. Ayla's lost her mind, Ayla's hasn't she? Ayla's lost her mind. I she love you, Ayla, man. I wish you had lost your mind. Well, but we just you, lost a listener. You are, you are not going to be able to deny that there are a lot of flakes in California and a lot of flaky groups in California <laughs> and they and and they go to that part of the country the, the southwest the, the if you want coffee and angst and and grunge music you move to the Pacific Northwest you want weirdos and yoga and schultz you move to the to the Southwest. Now I kind of want to see the Portland Walking Dead, like and I'm with all the zombies. The have depressed, like, rainy people have, have mushrooms on them. But there's a reason to have flannel shirts. <laughs> hey, guess what, world? We in the Midwest also judge you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the, but see, the Kansas, the Kansas, Missouri Walking Dead would be us sitting there in in you know large houses with firearms, looking out over the long fields and going, oh, just wait for the one to pop the horizon <laughs> and then. Look, there's another one. Hey, Tim, would you get that stuff. and then also some iced tea for me? Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm back, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, in any event, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it, the fact that it's all death cults all the way down on this show, it's like anytime you come to a town, it's like, and how do you feel about the apocalypse? I'm ready. Well, let me ask you I this because dead. I'm new to the this dead show. Made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Between Daniel and what's his name? the guy who was in jail. Strand? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Strand sat there and was trying to bullshit his way out. Mm-hmm. And in the next preview, they go on a little road trip, become, mm-hmm. you know, nice little bromance going on there. I mean, what do you expect between the two of them? Oh. Before they hit the road. Okay, what I think is going to happen, and I'll be, interested, I'm, I'll be happy to be wrong, okay. and is basically... Lola's going to start putting together the new society. She's going to ask Daniel to stick around and help with keeping people in line. Daniel's going to be like, uh, have you met me? I am not somebody you ask for help to keep people in line because I will do it. <laughs> and that's not good. I don't want that. So I'm going to go. Taskmaster. Did I mention that I'm looking for my daughter? Who might be dead, but it doesn't matter. I'm looking for my daughter. And she's going to say... Hey, don't you have a friend in the jail cell? He'd be like, oh, God, yes, I'll take him with me. He's a dick. <laughs> Come on, you jackass. And so it's going to be the best He still thinks his watch is worth money, which is hilarious. Yeah. He thought his car was worth money, that, that sports car. Yeah. It's like, you want it? You want my car? Hey, it's a car. What are those? doing? Yeah, so it's, I, well, and I think that he, Strand's going to have his come-to-Jesus moment that he should have already had sink in. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna have. It's and Daniel might be the one to give it to him, which is unfortunately. It looks like we're also going back to the ranch, 
which <laughs> might just have burned to the ground by the preview, because of course our heroes have come to a place where they're like, "We like it here." Well, no, but it was it was what's his butt who was saying, "Burn it, let it burn." Yeah, so I don't know. In any event, oh, uh, and we did get we did get um, uh, a Native American dressed in in a turquoise necklace saying, "You must leave the ranch." And so that makes me think that I think I think we figured out where uh, where Ophelia is. By oh, who. Hey. I think that mm. I think we're gonna we're gonna find another group. We're having we're having another group, and they're all gonna be well. Of course, because what's going to happen is that even though these people are are cast as spread out all over large portions of the South, they're all going to find each other by the end of the season because geography works like that. <laughs> yeah, and on the Walking Dead shows, <laughs> nowhere else. But everyone, everyone is within a thousand and fifty, fifty, a thousand miles and fifty feet of each other. Right. At all times. <sighs> because plot mechanics is hand wavy. Anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Hopefully that won't happen because this has been a really good season so We've far. We've been having a great time. We've been enjoying this a lot, and this was this was I think this was the best episode of the season. It yes, good. I um, liked it so well. It's episode three, so yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so Can we get the Deadwood cast back next week. Which yeah, is gonna be great. Hopefully. All right, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with more Fear the Walking Dead here on Zompocalypse Now. Uh, obviously, of course, we want you to listen to our other podcasts on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. You can find us on YouTube as well. Watch our videos. We're still looking to get over a thousand. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Subscribe us to our videos we're, we're because that <laughs> that gives us more ability to do more on YouTube. Uh, we wanted to be able to do more stuff for you guys, so please watch for that. Uh, we also got some new shows that we're talking about doing, so we'll be giving you more information about those as we get closer. Again, thank you for listening, folks. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Curtis, thank you. Thank you. Mindy, thank you. Thank you. And we will be back next week, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>